0: Welcome to Life Point with your host, Pastor Tom Doherty. Well, I sure appreciate you being with us this week and the last couple weeks when Pastor Max was with me going through First Thessalonians. I appreciated that. And I'm going to have Max with me off and on uh, throughout the year. And I don't know what's going to happen when I'm on a, a sabbatical, but I'm going to uh, maybe pre-tape some shows and have Max do some shows. And of course, that'll be a little bit later on. Uh, I mean I'll be probably home you know or, or around, but I just won't be doing the things I normally do like at the church or at the radio station, I'm taking two months totally off and I'm excited after 35 years. I'm ready to do that and my wife's ready to do that. We're gonna do some traveling too, but we'll be home an awful lot too. it's gonna be it's gonna be a fun time. I'm looking forward to that. So anyway, you'll get to hear Max and maybe others and and like I said, if I can get ahead of it and give you some pre, messages. Well, I want to get on to the fifth chapter of James. I talked about the fourth yesterday. So would you pray with me? Our Heavenly Father, thank you. Thank you for walking with us. Thank you for leading us. Thank you for opening doors for us. Help us to search you, to know you, to be about your business. Lord, we love you. I give you thanks in all you do. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Well, Here's a warning to the rich oppressors in chapter 5, the first few verses. It says, Now listen, you rich people, weep and wail because of the misery that is coming upon you. Your wealth is rotted, and moss have eaten your clothes. Your gold and silver are corroded. Their corrosion will testify against you and eat your flesh like fire. You have hoarded wealth in the last days. Look, the wages you failed to pay the workmen who mowed your fields, are crying out against you. The cries of the harvesters have reached the ears of the Lord Almighty. You have lived on earth in luxury and self-indulgence, and you have fattened yourself in the day of slaughter. You, are, you have condemned and murdered innocent men who are not opposing you. Well, what's he doing here? He is hitting some folks. In fact, James sounds like the Old Testament prophet with a severe denunciation in Amos chapter 6, verse 1 through 9. You can read about that. But then Christ could be equally pointing out about wealth if it's not gained honestly and used wisely. The Bible warns of severe consequences for those who live in luxury because they abuse or ignore the needy. Such behavior violates the law of God. God will punish injustice. Now, I don't think God opposes the rich, but God opposes those who, that are rich, that do not handle their riches and their gifts from God properly. Do you know how many people actually tithe in churches? Few, very few. I think I heard the stat, like 20% actually tithe, the 10%. There's many people who give, I'm probably 80% who give, give $10 here, $100 here, whatever it is. But you know, and many of the wealthy have a hard time giving because they made so much money. I know people that have, made some big income, some big big gains, and they they give a nice token, but they hold back from God. I'm telling you what, he knows our hearts. We could be helping a lot of people in our lives. We could be doing a lot of great things in our lives if we would give the way God wants us to give and that we would not get caught up with our own possessions. I can tell you this, when you honor God first, I've done this uh, almost my whole life since I was 18 years old, Giving God the first fruits of my labor, God has blessed me immensely. He has taken care of my needs. I'm not a wealthy man, but I do find He has taken care of my needs. And some people say, "Well, how can you do it when you think about your giving and your tithing? How could you give that much during the year?" You get your uh, tithe report, and and it's like in, into the in double digit thousands, and you think, "Wow." Well, you know what's not a wow? It's God's. It's God's. And so God blesses that. People want, you want to see a blessing, you give to God, this message is not tithing, but now that I'm talking about it, it it's so amazing that uh, so many people, you know, they, they want to hoard on, they want to hold on. They're like, these warning to the rich here. He said, you know what, you better uh, turn it around. You want to give things to God and be honest with God, not only with your wealth, but with your time, your energy, be a part of the church, be a part of a, a local congregation. Get involved. Don't just say, I believe. The enemy, Satan, said, can say, I believe. But that doesn't mean anything. you got to really live him. Well, let's go into verse 7. Now, I'm sure you've heard enough about me talking about money and such. But hey, that's a pretty, you better read chapter 5, verse 1 through 6 again and think about it. Be patient then, brothers, until the Lord's coming. Okay, well, we know he's coming. He said, be patient. Right now, there's a lot of people that are patient. They want to start calling the shots that, oh, he's coming in. You're hearing all these prophecies. Oh, he's coming here. He's coming then. And I think back of all the prophecies, you know, all 1800s, 1900s, you know, and some of the different churches that have have prophecies. You know what? It's not a prophecy if it's false. You know, it's a false prophecy is what it is, and it's not a real prophecy. A prophecy is when something happens the way it's going to happen. But he tells us to be patient till the Lord's coming. You know, and like he said, he says, like the farmer waits for the land to yield his valuable crop, how patient is for the autumn and spring, the spring uh, rains. You too be patient and stand firm because the Lord's coming is near. Don't grumble against each other, brother, or you will be judged. The judge is standing at the door. Don't grumble against each other. Love one another. You know, we need love. You want to see churches explode Let's be churches filled with so much love. that people walk in, they know they're going to be loved. They're not going to be judged. They say, well, man, I've seen we've had somebody recently come in and said, I've been horrible. I've lived and I've had a horrible life. I've I went downhill. Pastor, she told me last week I went downhill and I've done some horrible things and this and that. I said, yeah, but you're back. You're back in the house of God. You're back asking God to forgive you. You're back asking the presence about God to be with you. That's so important. He says in verse 11, as you know, we consider blessed those who have persevered. You have heard of Job's perseverance and have seen what the Lord finally brought about. The Lord is full of compassion and mercy. You've seen, you know, Job's perseverance. We can persevere. Yes, we've had trials. I have had trials in my life over the years. Different things have happened, and it, they have been real trials. But you know what? When you hang in there, God is there for you. He says, above all, my brothers, my brothers. Do not swear, not by heaven or by earth or by anything else. Let your yes be yes and your no be no, or you'll be condemned. My grandmother used to tell me that all the time. I don't know what I used to say, but she'd always said, let your yes be yes and your no be no. And so I said, okay, Grandma, okay. And then he goes on in verse 13, is any one of you in trouble? <laughs> How many, he's talking to the people that Is like, you know, all these churches, is anybody in trouble? Well, we could all answer that, sure. Most of us are in trouble with something. He said, what do you do then? He said, you should pray. He said, is anyone happy? Yes, we're happy because we're loving God, serving him. He said, then let him sing songs of praise. Is anyone of you sick? Well, A lot of people are sick. He should call on the elders of the church to pray over him and anoint him with oil in the name of the Lord. We do that. If somebody's sick and wants anointed, we anoint them. You say, well, that oil doesn't do anything. Well, that's just what the Bible tells us to do. Anoint, it's a symbol of believing that God is going to heal, and he does heal. And then he says, and the prayer offered in faith will make this sick person well. The Lord will raise him up. If he has sinned, he will be forgiven. That is great news, isn't it? And we have seen healings over the years Uh, numbers of healings over the years. You wonder why you don't see everyone healed? Well, they might be healed in their own way, maybe not the way that we see it. Sometimes Jesus heals by taking people to heaven. That's his healing. That's his idea of healing. He's taking them with him because uh, they're closer to God, and they're with him forever and ever. Therefore, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. We got to be open and honest with other, each other. We have a prayer team that prays every Thursday, at from eight to nine in our in our church, and uh, I've been a part of that for I think sixteen years. Oh, there's only four to eight of us, but we pray every single Thursday, most every Thursday. I guess there's a couple Christmas days like that we haven't prayed, but we pray. We're there, and we just pray around the circle, and God not not in any order. We just allow the Spirit of God to lead us. But it's so important. And the prayer of a righteous man is powerful and effective. And I think of that when I think of my father. My father was a tremendously righteous man. And boy, did he pray. He prayed for things over and over and over again. I'll never forget seeing him on his knees over and over in our house, in our living room, in his bedroom, finding him over at the church at the altar. My father was a man of prayer praying and believing and watching God work in his life. And he was able to touch many, many people's lives because he prayed. He left them in the hands of God. Elijah was a man just like that. He prayed earnestly that it would not rain. And guess what? It didn't rain the land for three and a half years. Wow, that's an answered prayer. So then they needed rain. So again, he prayed. and The heavens gave rain and the earth produced its crops. God Answers prayers. And the last two verses say, My brothers, if one of you should wander from the truth and someone should bring him back, remember this whoever turns a sinner from the error of his way will save him from death and cover over a multitude of sins. Wow, that's a bonus. You know, you lead someone back, you get someone turned around, you know, you're going to turn them to the Lord and it covers a multitude of sins. He's saying, I'm giving you a special bonus. I'm. It's kind of like, uh, you know, years ago, I used to work for John Jackson, who uh, owns the Jackson Oil Company, all the Jackson food stores, a mile, the Extra Mile Arena. We only had two stores, and John just had two stores, and they were just gas stations. And John always uh, treated us so well, it treated me great. I was not a mechanic at all, but I. he had me there for customer service, take people's money, put gas in cars, this kind of thing. But John is so generous. He said, if you'd sell X amount of gas in a certain month, I'll take you all out to this fancy dinner. And so you know what? We did, and Caldwell years ago, there was a motel called the Saratoga that had a really expensive restaurant, and we got to take a, a friend or a girlfriend, and, and so he took us, and he always gave us incentives, and not even that to work and to do labor on cars. He'd give us extra money. He treated us so well. Well, that's what the Lord does for those who will lead someone back. He will treat you really well. Lead someone back to Him. God has a great plan for your life. God wants to develop you. Put your faith in Him. Trust in Him. Call upon Him. You love you. Amen. Life Point is a ministry of the Cloverdale Church of God. If you would like a copy of today's broadcast or would like more information about the church, please call us at 208-362-1700 or write to